0: Yes people Dave Fensom here coming at you once again from lockdown with another episode of Pop Collaborate and listen oh man I hope you guys are doing all right I'm going slowly insane here this week I must admit it's got to me a little bit I'm supposed to be doing Bright and Fringe this month so I haven't taken the dates out of my calendar so every day about four gigs pop up that I should be doing which are all far more interesting than what I'm Doing at that current time. So fuck it. What can you do, man? Life goes on. Everything will be fine in the end, I'm sure. This week's episode, I think it's a pretty good one for you guys. We're talking about the mighty, mighty, depending on your perspective. Iron Maiden. Um, you will notice that Krista and I have some very different opinions on certain moments through this podcast and I hope you enjoy that. There's a couple of things to uh, to mention up front. First of all, thank you to everyone uh, that sent us a little bit of feedback uh, about their memories of Iron Maiden's album. Uh, so yeah, we uh, like Dave Roddy got in contact, he has been enjoying the album a little bit more than he thought. He thought it was a dead last but actually thinks there's some decent moments on there then a big thank you to number one Rerun podcast for letting us know their feelings their feelings are strong about this album uh maiden was a big record for for at least one of those guys um james alder was saying he thinks this album is mid-table uh in terms of maiden's catalog maybe towards the bottom end of that but you know we'll see what we thought of it as we go through um look krista has asked me to point out particularly if you're an Iron Maiden fan that has tuned in specifically for this episode and maybe is not familiar with us a lot of the things that he is going to say here particularly are jokes don't take them too personally these are jokes you may not think they're funny jokes and feel free to absolutely not let us know about it really okay it's it is what it is man um you know uh, there are we've recorded this one on zoom um so there were a couple of moments where the sound is a little bit of a lower quality than it normally is i think for the most part it should be uh absolutely fine thank you again for everyone that's been feeding back about all of the episodes um for some reason our uh, quiz episodes are doing particularly well one of our one of them i think is now our highest ever downloaded Podcast of all time, uh also we get some really nice feedback about the Cure and uh, particularly the Carter episode, uh, where I was very surprised. I think we were both very surprised. I mean, Jim Bob from Carter and the guy that used to be their tour manager uh, have basically appreciated uh, our podcast on their album. I think that's pretty high praise. I mean, it's I'm, I'm glad it's not you know I'm glad it's not the Christians that heard what we had to say about them. If you never heard the Christians episode, go and listen to it. It's quite the kick in. Anyway, this is a much too long introduction. Uh, I do apologize. Guys, keep safe and well. As always, we are doing our Friday quizzes. They are at 8 pm. It's a 90s pop quiz, very irreverent. We have a, we have four or five rounds. It's very interactive. We had a really good time. We've got a good bunch of teams that come back every week and are enjoying it. I think we had 13 teams last week. So it's you know it, it's a it's a good way to challenge yourself. Please do join us if you fancy it. Um, keep yourself safe guys that's the most important thing don't be pricks and we will see you soon enjoy the episode Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom.
1: I'm Chris Greer.
0: And uh, we're here, as always, with Waffles the Dog. Uh, and yeah, man, we're here to talk about some records. Chris Greer, how you doing in isolation?
1: Yep, still good, mate. Still loving life. You? Well, I'm
0: less enthusiastic about the situation, if the truth be told. Sure. Uh, I, I have a life that I quite enjoy, and uh, I'm being kept from it at the moment. But fuck it, man. What can you do?
1: i tell you what you can do. You can listen to records from the 90s. That's what you can do. That's exactly what you can do that's exactly what i've been doing i've been listening
0: to one record from the 90s all week um, how about yourself
1: yeah yeah i've got this one of these because we've not recorded an episode in in about a week or so and so i have listened to this one a few times i've uh, definitely given it a chance given it a few few listens
0: glad to hear that mate i'm glad to hear that because obviously this week's record is iron maiden's fear
1: of the dark it is yes so this was number one in may of 1992 uh, from the seventeenth of May for one week. Wonderful stuff. Now,
0: obviously, this is uh, this is the the last record they put out before they uh, split with Bruce Dickinson, their longtime singer, for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, af- after this record, he was replaced by uh, Blaze Bailey from Wolf'sbane, and they entered what was, I mean, by their standards, quite a fallow period. I guess released mm. two albums to mixed reviews and uh so this was like the last of the original era bruce dickinson records
1: right okay and like you say that made a fallow period for them anything less than a record every couple of years is a fallow period for them at this point because this is their ninth album the first one having been released in 1980 so that's you know very nearly an album a year
0: Absolutely, you know, and you've got to bear in mind, you know, Iron Maiden were a, you know, stadium band, were a stadium and arena band. And, you know, there was a time in the 90s where you could go and see him headline Brixton Academy. It's crazy. But um, tell me about your relationship with Iron Maiden, Krista.
1: Right. I mean, as an overview, anyone who has listened to this podcast uh, to date will probably have heard me talking about Iron Maiden with great disdain because I... I'm not a fan. I was not into them at the time. I th- you know, I've seen them a couple of times in my life at festivals, you know, most of them with you right there, mm-hmm. and I did not enjoy them. I thought they were a joke and a not very funny joke at that. So I I'm coming to this as someone going, "Ah oh, fuck, I have to listen to an Iron Maiden album." I yeah. can't believe this. Yeah, that's my uh, my state. And at the at this point in 1992, I had really only heard a couple of songs because they were on now that's what i call music compilations i'd heard um can i play with madness which is yeah. about what 88 or something and i'd heard yeah. bring your daughter to the slaughter um, which was 1991 yeah and i didn't like either of those fair enough well so.
0: i mean you know you, you you're wrong about one of those songs but yeah. fuck it what about you though well, 92, I wasn't listening to Iron Maiden. Um, right. My cousins, my older cousins were big into Iron Maiden, had the posters in the room. And a lot of people were like, you know, kind of got into because they really liked the posters at the time. When mm-hmm. I was a little kid, that's not kind of the way I was wired, I don't think. I, that's no. not the way, that's not the stuff that was capturing me. I didn't get into Iron Maiden until much, much later. In fact, you were there. Uh, I think it was the first ever download festival. Right. Uh, when Iron Maiden headlined One of the Nights. And I'd never seen Iron Maiden. Obviously, Bruce was back in the band, went and saw them. And I just thought, you know, this is the most fun I've had in such a long time. I fucking love this band live. I think they're an amazing live presence. I think the guy is a ridiculous presence as a front man. Mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I really loved all the theatrics, all of the kind of the pantomime. Thought it was great. Loved the tunes. And after that, went on like a fairly intensive spree, I think I've bought all of their albums over the course of about four months.
1: Oh, fucking hell. Right. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I listened to everything that there was. So I listened to everything. And so I don't have the, the fans. You, Cause I mean, I know instantly as soon as, the thing about Iron Maiden, as soon as you put something with Iron Maiden out, I know there's going to be people listening to this podcast that have never listened to it before and they listen to it because it's about Iron Maiden because Iron Maiden fans are the most fanatical in the world. We know
1: absolutely, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even if the, I, you know, know, the, play the friends of ours who are Iron Maiden fans are evangelical about Iron Maiden.
0: Absolutely. So the thing is, I don't have the thing where I got into an Iron Maiden album at a time, really kind of absorbed it. I had such a glut of music at one time that, you know, I, I can pick out albums that I think are great, but I listen to it all in a fairly intense period of time. Um, So I have a good overview of the back catalog, but I don't have that kind of music geeks precision knowledge. You know, I, I do not, you know, I I would consider myself a fan of Iron Maiden, but in a pantheon of fans of Iron Maiden, I am mid tier. Okay.
1: No, well, yeah. Mid tier is, is mid to low probably. Okay, but that's where I would put you for sure. It's not like you never had the jacket with all the Iron Maiden patches on it. You know, you've not got an Eddie tattoo. You're not that sort of. I do uh, have a. I fan. do
0: have a jacket. I do have a jacket with an Iron Maiden patch on it.
1: Oh right, but yeah, you don't have an Iron Maiden jacket. No, I
0: don't have a Maiden jacket. I I haven't I haven't named a child after
1: mm.
0: after her after. Uh, uh, fucking, I was about to say Brian May. Fucking, uh, Steve Harris <laughs> is what I meant to say. Yeah, similar sure. hair, to be fair. Yeah, but I, I do love a Maiden tune, you know. Uh, fair I, enough. Uh, yeah, more of a. Oh, so a do I. I. I love
1: lo- a... I love a Maiden tune. I love oh, one Iron Maiden. No, of course not. That's a terrible song. No, fuck off. No, um, uh, Phantom of the Opera. That's that's their good song. Well, okay, there you go. Right. So we are <laughs> we we are, we are coming to this
0: from a different perspective. For sure, the thing for Maiden for me, right, is I don't very often put on a Maiden record. You know, I'm, I, that's not really where I'm at. at the, you know, these yeah. days, every now and again I might fancy it and uh, and pull one out and have a listen, but for the most part, what I Maiden represents for me is being in a field in the summer, surrounded by loads of my favourite people, mm-hmm. drunk. Having a sing-along and having a really, really good time. You know, mm-hmm. I've never had a bad time watching Iron Man. I've always enjoyed myself. It's always, always just put a massive shitty eating grin on my face. Mm-hmm. Even when they're playing songs that I don't particularly like, even when they're playing stuff off the newer albums that I don't know, I always enjoy it because I think it's such a just a, such a distinctive piece of musical theatre, you
1: know? Okay. And yeah. And
0: it's very much. Everything that is distinctly I made, they do it better than anybody else that does it. Okay, so yeah, I, I, you know, that's where I am with Iron I made. I think sure. they're great, but they're not a, but they are sometimes banned for me. Not on all the time, band.
1: Right, But like I say, you, you were more primed to be a fan than I was of this band in 992 but you still weren't because they, they weren't cool at that point. They were absolutely no. uh, because they've been going since the late '70s. Released the first album in '80. In they were the vanguard of, you know, New Wave of British Heavy Metal and all that stuff, but they were proper denim, long, greasy hair, Gumby metalers at that point.
0: Absolutely, you know. You know, there's such a chunk of metal in general that you can take as risible and you can take the piss out of metal for what it is, but but the fact that it's so self-aware and doesn't give a fuck almost makes it bulletproof to that,
1: you know? Oh, well, I would... I would say bulletproof is true. I don't think self-awareness is is their strong point. I think they just they're so unself-aware that they're bulletproof. Because you go to them, oh, God, you you still haven't uh, progressed past this point, or you still look like you have crawled out of a, a grease pit in 1981, and they're
0: like, and yeah, well, that's that's a difference. I, don't, I think that's not necessarily uh, a lack of self-awareness. That's more of a lack of giving a fuck.
1: Well, yeah, definitely that. Definitely. And you know, let's
0: let's not fuck around. You know, these guys, for all the ridiculousness, they, they have a they have the element that's ridiculous, but they take an awful lot of this very seriously. I mean, I do mm. not believe, and I say this after having read a humorous book that he wrote. I do not believe that Bruce Dickinson has a sense of humor.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, there's definitely some songs on this record where you go, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be funny or not.
0: I mean, there is an awful lot of Accidental Partridge About
1: Bruce Dickinson Right, sure
0: You know, for all of his kind of You know, for his You know, his metal thing He is at the heart Basically an an angry man With opinions on things And an awful lot of his lyrics Are terribly sanctimonious They're just super Mm. sanctimonious Right, sure You know, it's it's all kind of needless To say I had the last laugh stuff But (laughs) fuck it, man It is what it is And part, you know If it wasn't for the pomp And it wasn't for The ridiculousness with the series it, it wouldn't be as good right okay. it's just I, I've tried so hard to condense what I like about Maiden I, I, what I like about Maiden is that they're Maiden
1: it's just that yeah exactly that's what you like when that, they are you know, for,
0: for an entire genre, you know you talk about the whole British the new wave of British heavy metal so many bands like that but not, you know there's a reason why Maiden were the best in the same way there's a reason Michael Jordan was the best it's the whole fucking package that's right yeah there we go that's it for me okay cool like we normally start with the cover All right, of, yep. of our of our albums. Yeah. Uh, now I've got a full disclosure, this is the only album uh that we've done so far where I own a t-shirt of the album artwork.
1: Oh my god. Why why? Why
0: this one? Because this album artwork's fucking awesome. I love this <laughs> album cover. It's badass. And yeah, it's the first one that it's the first first one that uh the that, that, that Derek Riggs didn't draw, right? Sure, but it's fucking badass, man. I love it. Look at it; it's great. Yeah, okay, okay. Do you want to describe it for the the listener? Well, you have got uh, you've got Eddie, uh-huh. and he's kind of looming, looming. There's a tree. He's there's up the tree. darkness.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He's, you're scared of the dark. Why? Because this guy's in it. This guy's but, here yeah, in the dark.
1: Some sort of weird zombie in a tree. In yeah. The moonlight. Yeah. That's scary, mate. I can't deny if I saw that up on a tree, I'd shit myself. However, if I saw that artwork on a T-shirt, I'd go, pass. Well,
0: you're an idiot. (laughs) You haven't bought an item of clothing since 1996. (laughs) It's true as well. You you would walk past all T-shirts
1: and (laughs) go, pass. Pass. You're the kind of man that buys clothes by weight. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) There's jumbo sales where I can get a kilogram for a fiver, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, man. As an album cover goes... Holy fuck! It's Iron Maiden. Yes, there's yes, never going to be any sort of uh, uh, mistake made that you go. I'm not sure who that is. That is Iron Maiden. It is, of course, ridiculous. It is uh, a pastiche of a horror genre that uh, you know went by the wayside many years ago. But it's it's exactly what their fans want. I wager.
0: I think it's a great album cover. I'd say the album cover is one of the best things about
1: this record. <laughs> and really- I know.
0: And, but I, and, and that might sound like I'm saying shit about the rest of the album I'm not but,
1: but you love it that much but I really like that album
0: cover okay. I, I know a lot of people I, a lot of people don't like it you know yeah. it's, not, it's not my favourite made an album cover but it's it's up there yeah I would say A, a Power Slave or Seventh Son or A Seventh Son is my favourite I made an okay. album cover because okay. uh, you didn't ask but I thought I'd tell you
1: mainly because I can't picture them I don't know what they are but then again I can picture them yeah, well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's your album cover. It is exactly what Fanbase wants. Like you said, it's the first one that was designed by a new artist after all the other ones being done by the same guy. But it's in the same sort of style.
0: Well, yes. I mean, just a mention to the aforementioned Iron Maiden fans that are listening to this, don't email him about it. He doesn't know any better.
1: Oh God, I have no idea. He doesn't. He doesn't
0: mean anything by
1: it. You line up all the Iron Maiden covers, and they're done by. They could be done by 15 different people. I go, might as well be the same one. I don't know. Now they've all got Eddie on it. Yeah, don't, don't don't listen to him, guys. It's fine. Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm just trying to help you here, man. I don't want you getting no, into absolutely the emails. Absolutely, let's just say this first of all. Like you said, I have come into this as a non-Iron Maiden fan, and. A non Iron Maiden knowing anything really. I don't know the band. I've seen them a few times, didn't like them. Uh, I didn't like any of the songs that I'd heard in my youth. Um, people have tried to play me some different stuff. I've gone, not my thing. I don't know shit about this band.
0: I mean, so it's really this podcast going in. This is almost like, you know, like in Bullseye Release, I have a darts player and a non darts player. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Indeed. I'm going to be missing the board all the time.
0: And if we don't win that speedboat, I'm fucking you <laughs> in that. Oh. Um, fucking threat of ear rape there. There you go. You don't there get you that go. on what podcasts. You... Right. So obviously, we've had a couple of interesting weeks because I fucking fell in love with that Cure album, which I am still fucking hammering. Amazing. Oh, you still
1: love it. Good, I good, good right? I loving that
0: album. Uh, last week, we both had a really uh, nice surprise with Carter, USM. Yep, totally. Um, and now we're going to listen to this album And Indeed. see how we both feel
1: about exactly. it Exactly, you're hopefully going to be more of a fan And you never knew I might turn into a fan
0: Well, I'm not I'm not banking on that I'm well, not going to be, be holding my breath and waiting for it no, no, Okay, no. so track number one I would say this is, again, one of the more uh, you know, This is one of the, the more famous songs From this record, again, this is something You, you do here live from now down to again This one's called Be Quick or Be Dead
1: Right, bam, there you go Straight into some there guitars.
0: Straight in, fucking galloping
1: bad boy. This song, galloping. There's the word I needed. Galloping. And there's yeah, it's Bruce. He's fucking Bruce. Yep. Come on, Come peak Bruce. It is. It's. And there's another thing about Iron Maiden. You know, I suspect there are probably other bands where they wanted to sound like Iron Maiden and if you played me those bands and went is this Iron Maiden i go maybe I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell but as soon as the vocal comes in okay yeah that's Bruce Dickinson that's a very hard one to emulate I would have said
0: but, but listen to this man all the fucking vibrato on the voice all the sustain that chorus is fucking amazing this is so much of the stuff that I love about Iron Maiden okay, straight away yeah. like, in the yeah, first yeah, couple yeah. of minutes of this song you know
1: well, I suppose there, there's a thing. We've talked a few times on this podcast about, uh, like, if you have an issue with the vocalist's voice, yep. like, it's for you, Elton John, you yep. couldn't you couldn't get past his voice. Um, for me, quite a lot of the time, Axel Rose, I, I had issues with how he sounds and yep. his songs. I do not like Bruce Dickinson's voice at all. I think it's 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 bad comedy.
0: Look, man. I understand the criticism. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, it's. I, I can see that the voice would be polarizing, but I just think you know when you see him live, just how much he fucking belts that out, the notes that he hits, the strength uh, the, you know, the the fiber of the voice, right, uh, and the things that he does with it, you know, work with you know not always, and we'll come to plenty of moments I think on this record where things don't work, but I think when he commits. And really pushes it out. I think he sounds fucking fantastic, and I really enjoy it. And you know, yeah. it is fucking pantomime in so many ways, right? It's absolutely it, you know you, you you can choose to take the piss out of it, but I think he's exceptionally skilled at what he does, and it fits the the bigger picture very very well.
1: Right, sure, uh, you're absolutely right that he is very skilled, and he has a very very powerful voice. For these songs, for Iron Maiden in general, that's what they do. So it's obviously, it works perfectly for that. He's got a range, all of that stuff. But I can't let him away with just being a talented vocalist or being able to use it well when I really don't like the sound of it. It, I can't can't just flip it and go, all right, yes, but I, I put these bits aside. I can't do it.
0: Sure, yeah, feel yeah. the same way about Celine Dion.
1: Spoilers. Right. Well, uh, um, look, yeah, indeed, we've got a couple of her albums coming up at some point. Hey, we've got fucking Michael Ball next week. Fuck that. Nah, he's got a yeah. talent. <laughs> but anyway, so this song,
0: anyway, so we see, mm. so we've got all of this, we've got this big chorus coming in, we've got these dueling guitars, and then mm-hmm. the trademark is a fucking ludicrous solo. There's harmonics fucking flying everywhere, they're fucking falling all over the shop, man. It's pissing mm-hmm. harmonics. I, this song for me, it's joyous. It's stupid. It takes itself utterly fucking seriously. Uh-huh. It's vaguely sanctimonious, like all the best Bruce Dickinson
1: and worst Bruce Dickinson vocals. Right, and it's just a
0: fucking great Iron Maiden song.
1: Right, okay. Um, this for me, I think is a great opener because it mm-hmm. is. It, there's no build up. It's just fucking one, two, Bang. three, go straight in. Um, the galloping through, like you say, fast pace. Um, I. Don't mind. I think the guitar riff at the start is is pretty nice, and I like the bit sort of the breakdown before the chorus where the guitar is going. That is really cool. Don't like the chorus as much. I must admit the the full "Be quick or be dead" bit. Not 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 such a fan. And there's nothing else really about it that gets me. I don't really like the guitar solo, but I don't think I particularly like how Iron Maiden do guitar solos. They're just twiddly, twiddly, twiddly without too, without enough of a plain riff for me or fucking about under and over a riff. It's just a little bit wanky for me.
0: Okay, I will not... Yeah. I mean, I obviously think you're badly wrong. Of course. what can I do?
1: No, 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 totally. I'll tell you what, what I do like I do? about this song. I like that it is only about three and a half minutes long. Because in my head, again, going into this album, I was really just thinking this is going to be full of seven-minute songs with two guitar solos in every single one, and it's going to go on forever. This album's only an hour long for 12 songs.
0: It's not short of songs that go on for quite a long time with two guitar solos.
1: No, you're absolutely right. But I thought they were all going to be like that. I thought every single one was going to be the exact same with a different title, essentially. Um, And so this is in and out and it's done. It's good. It's a punch to the face and it fucks off again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Love, love seeing this song live. It sounds fucking great live. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, you know, it's exactly that, you know, the song finishes and you can almost hear the crowd fucking roaring,
1: you know? Okay. Sure. Sure. And this was the first single off it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. This was out in April of 1992. It got to number two in the charts, so you know did its usual first week sales on that. Mm-hmm. There's a very dull video for this because this is the first video, uh, first single off the album. Um, it's just the band kind of playing live on Docklands in London against a lot of grey buildings, and then there's various mm-hmm. cuts, uh, image cuts to things like businessmen and banks and the corporations and this sort of stuff because the lyrics seem to be about because uh, I get I. Right, lyrically, you've probably paid more attention to Iron Maiden than I have. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that they were all about either World War Two or uh, <laughs> stuff about bringing your daughter to the slaughter and ridiculous right. nonsense like this. Um, and so i be quick or be dead. I assumed it was probably about zombies. I don't know. But it's about it's about politicians and yeah. uh, people who lie to the world to line their own pockets and who only look out for themselves. Yeah, it's a, 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 a theme that still resonates, all that sort of stuff. And so that's what this one is about. I didn't know that at all until I had a, an actual look. No, at Bruce,
0: it. Bruce loves a uh, you know a kind of a, a bit of a political screed about you know kind of right. some heavy hitting issues. Uh, I mean, heavy hitting, heavy handed uh, are an awful <sighs> lot of his lyrics, you know, you're not looking at you know, you're not finding uh you know, you're not finding Dylan esque slices of uh, you know, kind of wry witticisms or anything along those lines. Right. Yeah, you know, it is it's pretty pretty on the nose. Mm. Um, you know, and again, like I say, often incredibly sanctimonious. But You know, they're outsider songs that, you know, Maiden Mm. is the band for every outsider out there. You know, they're, you know, if you're a fucking weird dweeb that wears a denim jacket, come and join us, you can be part of our gang. That's always been part of the attraction, you know? Well, that's track one, and we've been talking for some time. So let's go to
1: track number two. From Here to Eternity. And this was the second single. Uh, it yep. got to number twenty-one in July of nineteen
0: ninety-two. A nice little riff there. That's about to go. It's a bit. It's almost
1: country rock and roll sort of stuff, though.
0: Kind, of yeah, kind of blues tinge on that kind of. You know, those kind of slides there. Yeah. And obviously, now this is a song where you go one or two ways. You know. Okay. Because this is a song with a really incredibly
1: fucking stupid set of lyrics. Yes, it is. This, this is and really bad lyrics.
0: Yeah, and you either choose to embrace how fucking stupid they are uh-huh. uh, and enjoy it for that, or you go, I can't enjoy this music too much. I go right. one way, I'm not sure which way you go.
1: Okay. I uh, mean, I go down the route of this is one of the this is some of the worst lyrics I've heard in metal and metal is full of shit lyrics I think this is (laughs) this is embarrassingly bad stuff
0: I mean I mean Bruce talking about sex is uh, (laughs) one of the most repellent (laughs) things I've ever encountered I don't like the idea I mean the idea of Bruce Dickinson having sex I mean I bet he fucking keeps his trousers on
1: oh uh, yeah definitely his socks and probably t shirt yeah
0: I don't I look i i'm i don't enjoy bruce talking about sex here um uh-huh. but i do find these lyrics fucking hilarious yeah i do like all the stuff it's you know it's about you know there's a lot of you know, thinly veiled fucking sexual allegory around motorbikes it's one he yeah. just really likes a fucking motorbike that's like like chris Rear likes a car right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and again it's fucking stupid but I, what a chorus. Again, I, I think this is just another fucking arms up, fucking bang your head, fucking sing your heart out or shut the fuck up kind of song. You know, It's just yeah. a, another song I want to hear in a field and fucking enjoy with my friends.
1: I think this chorus is total dog shit. Like awful. really. The That hell in a bad place, hell is from here to a town. It's really, really bad. Brilliant. Oh, God. I think that's, I think it's I think absolutely it's awful. Brilliant. But it's definitely worse than the first one for me. I think it's you have, really bad. You have,
0: no, you have no
1: soul. I was reading into this, so um, apparently this is the third in a saga of songs about Charlotte the Harlot.
0: Yeah.
1: This is someone that they have written songs about before. The first one was in 1980. That's called Charlotte the Harlot, yeah. Right, and this is about how Charlotte the Harlot meets Satan and takes a ride on his motorbike. And there you go. Oh, so you don't wha- get that in fucking, you low, dear. No, you don't. No, the fucking Blue Tones no. never wrote a song about this. Exactly. So, and but, l- there but, you go.
0: And so, and, and really, the, the question you've got to ask yourself is do I think that's bad or do I think that is awesome? And there really is only one answer.
1: You're actually probably right. If there was a song about a woman meeting the devil, having a bit of a ride on a Harley, and, I, and it had a tune that I liked, I'd be all over that shit. I absolutely would love it. But this is not that song.
0: Fair enough, man. Again, yeah, but- we're in very different fucking pages here. I'm an enormous thumbs up to mm. this song. Would you say you prefer this to the first one or no? I like both of these songs, uh, an equal measure, I would say. Okay. Uh, for different reasons. Okay. You know, I, you know, I think the first tune is just a straight up kick ass tune. Yeah. Whereas I think this one. I, I, I do have a bit of an ironic enjoyment for how bad the lyrics are. I'll get shot down in flames for that,
1: by
0: <laughs> metal man of Maiden fans, but fuck it, I don't give a shit. Oh um,
1: well, well, let's just let's have a look at this lyric. I made a note with this one because this, I thought, this he's actually written this down and then sung it out loud. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when she was walking on down the road, she heard a sound that made her heart explode. He whispered to her to get on the back. I'll take you on a ride from here to eternity.
0: Yeah. What? What else is the devil gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? You know,
1: uh, are are uh, you the devil? Uh not that I know of, but you know. Well, how do you fucking know what he'd say then, Chris? <laughs> it's Jesus true. Christ! No, I, I, okay, I can't deny that's what he'd say, but maybe, maybe Bruce should have uh, spent a little more time on the lyrics walking on down the road heard a sound that made her heart explode it's like Dr Seuss are you going to
0: start in on Dr Seuss now? no there are limits to you know anyway yeah now we
1: get we get even more uh, to stick about that
0: I think this this, you know this highlights why Bruce Dickinson is simultaneously the best and the worst thing about Iron Maiden
1: okay yeah 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 gloriously bad
0: utterly without self-awareness that this is a terrible thing to do but utterly unencumbered by the <laughs> desire
1: to be cool, but indeed, yeah, that is very true. He just does it because mm-hmm. let's face it, we both like other metal bands who have shit lyrics and embarrassingly cringeworthy lyrics. We we do, um, and we will both sing our hearts out to those songs at festivals and drunk round a campfire. This one, it has to be. It must be. It must be the music. And the voice for me because I can't get past those I would let a lot of shit go but there's nothing there's nothing in this song for me
0: yeah I, I, res, I respect you know I respect that as a reason mm. uh, it's I, I am sad for you
1: indeed I, I maybe because there is I, a
0: world of enjoyment that I wish you could tap into here yeah, I true, wish man. you know it's unusual for me to be at a festival and you know to be digging a headline band and for you not to be there
1: that's very true hey if there was a, a switch I could just flip to like Iron Maiden like a lobotomy perhaps then that would be the way to do it <laughs> and I would probably get a lot more out of a lot of shit
0: <laughs> fuck me uh, it's your funeral buddy anyway right so track number three is okay. called Afraid to Shoot Strangers right yeah a big fan favourite this one
1: this one is yeah mm-hmm. okay okay So, we're into proper kind of slow brooding territory here.
0: Absolutely.
1: And this is a song about the Gulf War. Yes. Uh, written sort of from the point of view of the soldiers who went to fight, but they didn't, you know, it's not their uh, making this war. They do not want to have to go and shoot strangers. So, it's it's about, it's an anti-war song.
0: Yeah, this is... You know, this is in that pantheon of Bruce Dickinson writing about war. That's, uh, you know, he's obviously got a big interest in military history, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, again, it's a very kind of plaintive,
1: well-natured kind of lyric, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hate war is bad. That is fair. It's a bit base level, but yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, but I mean, what what Bruce is doing here with the vocal? I don't care for that at all. I don't like it. I don't think he sounds good in in this register. I don't think he sounds particularly tuneful. Right. What it doesn't particularly work for me, right? Yeah. And, and this is a song that does broadly say fuck structure as well.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: It starts off and has, it, you know, normally you'll have a song that might go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. This song goes verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four. Nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Four verses. Here's your four verses. And I'll be honest with you, by the time we get to the end of those four verses, I'm thinking, oh, well, this song isn't for me. The lyrics are ropey. I don't like what he's doing. Yeah. You know, it's you know it's a bit more somber. There's a kind of classical guitar going on here. Oh, well, it's not really for me. And then...
1: Uh, about four minutes or so. Yeah.
2: yeah. It gets fucking
0: balanced. It's am saying It's so good.
1: It's a Melvin Bar on Popcorn. It's
0: fucking... The claw in the video is so (laughs) good. And then the rest (laughs) of the song is awesome. Just fucking awesome.
1: And this is a seven-minute song. This is a a full-on proper long-form Iron Maiden track. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's too long. There's no fucking around. It is too long,
1: right?
0: But... Uh Fuck it. It's
1: awesome. (laughs) I'm I'm the other way round. I don't mind that bit at the start where it's kind of slow. But as soon as it goes into, well, you know, the first guitar solo at four minutes, it's okay. It's not so bad. Then there's another one at sort of five and a half minutes, which is a bit more widdly, and then it slows down again. I could do without that bit at the end, really. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't mind this song too much. I think this is okay. Um, But the bits that you like, I'm like, nah, not so much. I'm the other way. I'm flipped on that. Yeah. Also, do you not think it sounds like Spinal Tap? I mean,
0: look, Spinal Tap isn't without some Iron Maiden, is it? You know, obviously, yeah. you know, sp- Spinal Tap is obviously a large part status quo. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, by the time you're out in the movie, you're borrowing. From a lot of the tropes from the new, you know, new wave of British heavy metal.
1: Indeed, you are. But th- this one particularly, that that really slow intro just reminded, me. and and the, the Bruce's vocal style at the start, the eerie uh, brooding again. I'm going to say it, that's vocal style sounded to me like when they're doing Stonehenge. And again, lyrics, right? Lying awake at night, I swipe, I wipe the sweat from my brow, but it's not the fear. Because I'd rather go now, trying to visualise the horrors that lie ahead. The desert sand mound, a burial ground. Okay, I see what you're <laughs> going for. This this sixth form poetry thing, absolutely fine. Just, you keep going, mate. But it's, it's not for me again. But the one thing I did, uh, I, again, whenever I had this on, more background and wasn't listening to, wasn't didn't see the song title, wasn't reading the lyrics, just kind of on. There's a bit in the very middle of the song, the first bit where it goes into the afraid to shoot strangers bit. Yeah? And he's singing Afraid to shoot strangers and it does this a few times. Whenever I had it on, I was going, Why why are they saying apprenticeship strangers? I was like, Is this a song about, you know, the YTS (laughs) scheme and two people meeting on the first day? (laughs) This is a song
0: about well, we've arrived here on the set of Alan Sugar's <laughs> show yeah. and yeah.
1: Apprenticeship Strangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we left as
0: friends. Well I love that that riff. That, that, that fucking riff that around uh Afraid shoot strangers. It's so oh, no, fucking no, it's weird, like man. I love it. It's you know, it's kind of got that it's kind of got that uh Marching band, yeah, yeah. kind of feel I suppose,
1: Yeah, I suppose this is a song about war. So it's good. They're doing some more military drum fills and stuff like that as well. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's some thematic stuff in there. I, you know, again, I think this is, you know, I don't, I don't care much for the start of it, but I, you know, once it I really enjoy this once it kicks right. in. So I would say, you know, on balance, I am three for three so far. On
1: right, fair enough. Uh, all right, shall we do
0: track number four? Yes, indeed. This one is called "Fear Is the Key."
1: Right, I, mean, no, I like this riff. riff. That is a good riff. Yeah, that, that's a dirty ah. riff. That's badass. Yeah, and drama. It was almost a, a bit. I find this one not necessarily just that riff, but I found this a bit more kind of Black Sabbathy to me as well.
0: Well, it's got that stomp. It has got that kind of almost kind of geezer butler kind of dum 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 again, that's a very Steve Harris fucking bass line as well. Maybe it's just a little bit more down-tempo than a lot of the Maiden stuff.
1: Yeah, well, that, I think I like it because it doesn't sound like typical Iron Maiden to me. Especially not at this point of the song, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have that gallop. It's more in that kind of heavy blues standard. Yeah,
1: almost, it, yeah. It? And yeah. There's and a, there's a few breakdowns in here. Where it works oh, come on. Yep, this is good. He's punching the air. Oh, come on,
0: man! <laughs> I mean, Bruce is in fucking full Panto mode here, right? He really
1: is. He's really fucking throwing, throwing everything at the wall here. That's that again. That's very Black Sabbath to me. Yeah. I
0: mean, this is their age
1: song. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, fear is the key. It's about. Uh having sex is now something to be scared of because of the possibility of catching AIDS. it's something that they didn't always have to think yeah. about and there's always, that's always in the back of your mind
0: and you know the kids have been robbed of something that should have been theirs and no one's doing anything about it but then all of a sudden celebrities are celebrities are catching it and all of a sudden people care yeah. because we're
1: a facile celebrity led indeed oh, yeah sheep yeah because at this point uh, it was what Six months uh, since uh, Freddie Mercury died, and Bruce Dickinson said in interviews that that is what he saw as the turning point for people actually starting to give a shit because suddenly it wasn't mm-hmm. just the junkies and the, the gays who got this, you know, it wasn't just a swathe of people you don't have to think about. It was like, oh, fuck, anyone can get this. Yeah, so yeah. that's why he, he wanted to make this point. Like you say, this goes through a couple of different stages as well. This isn't quite as schizophrenic as the last one but it does right. have the bit it changes it up halfway through and then goes back into that slow bit at the end it does, it's it's a song in kind of three parts again yeah. yeah but that's that's very iron maiden
0: and yeah you know and there's there's a bit on this that where it's kind of almost like i mean outro is it's probably diminished a bit towards the back end of the song and he's doing these kind of almost kind of like uh, scattered vocal kind of almost like ad-libby vocals where he's a, a little bit off the yeah. beat and is you know kind of like almost freestyling in a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And I think that stuff's rubbish. I think when he tries to be like loose, it doesn't suit him, it doesn't sound good. I don't right, think he's, yeah. he's got that kind of feel, you know? Sure. But at the same time, I mean, this, you know, we, you talk about out, uh, outsider anthems, this has got one of the best outsider anthems lyrics Oh yeah, which, it, what... which is just outnumbered by the bastards till the day that you die. <laughs> right? That's a fucking you know. Come on, man. Who hasn't felt like that? Who hasn't yeah. felt outnumbered
1: by bastards? I bet you there's uh, quite a few fans with a tattoo of that on them.
0: Outnumbered by bastards. Yeah. That's what I want to. I want to get a band.
1: I would want yeah.
0: to start a hardcore band. <laughs> hardcore call band called fucking outnumbered bastards, by bastards. That is excellent,
1: actually. Yeah, yeah. No, this definitely is my favourite so far. This song.
0: I mean, I think this song is really mm-hmm. good. Right. It's really good at six minutes. Mm-hmm. If they'd have kept it to four minutes,
1: it would have been amazing. I, I, I totally think. agree with that. Uh, although this isn't the longest song on here, it is a little bit, it goes on too much. There's, there's, they try and do too many things I mean, again.
0: I think there's a lot of instances uh, across this album in general uh, where you can level the criticism that the the, the songwriting is you know a little bit by the numbers or a little bit self-indulgent and people aren't there's probably a lot of egos at play here obviously you've got fucking you know kind of two guitar two you know main guitarists in the band at this point you've got i think you've got a lot of concessions being made from the songwriting to people's egos sure that makes sense yes and what you end up with if you you know if you listen to earlier iron maiden albums what they also always have a lot of you know, longer songs. There is a, a, a higher sense of quality control, right?
1: Is there? Okay. At
0: work, I would okay. say. I would say. You know, there is more concision in the songwriting, and everything serves the song.
1: I mean, not always, but, but, but more than sometimes. You find in this one.
0: This does feel like a band that are, you know, not at the. Peak of their fitness at this t- at okay. this stage, I I would say,
1: right? Okay. Well, I, get, I I can't speak to that because I don't know the back cat at all. But I agree with the sentiment. Sure. I think there there could be some. A producer could step in at some point and go, "All right, guys, we've got this. Stop."
0: Right. So let's take a break. Yeah, here. absolutely. Track four. That's a quarter. That's a third of the yeah, album. Mass.
1: Uh, okay. So are you? You're four for four at this point, by the way.
0: Yeah, realistically three and a half, I would say, because I've got you know some issues with. The last two songs okay sure probably right. uh you yeah, know a quarter of a song a piece. but yeah i'm not unhappy. i'm not ter- i'm not skipping
1: anything yet. fine fine okay well i mean i um i think the first one be quick or be dead is good fun for most part mm-hmm. uh and i think the last one fear is the key is very good for the most part with a bit of editing it'd be much better so i'm I'm going to go two for four, a max, probably more like one and a half. I mean, that is probably better than I was expecting. Me too, me too. Okay, well, should we take a quick break and do the albums? Right, absolutely, let's do that. Let's look at the top ten for this week. So, like I said at the top, the time period that we're looking at is one week that this was number one, from the 17th to the 23rd of May. And so we start off Uh, the top 10 albums number 10 is Kiss with Revenge and in the last episode we had that single that kind of weird grungy single that Kiss released that neither of us remembered at all so I'm assuming that that was from this Um, I don't know if you saw on our social media uh, one of our our regular listeners Lee Lewis said that she she guessed that song from the very first note that we played that whenever we played that Kiss single She got it straight away.
0: But I tell you, mate, very few fucking people no they're rock and roll like my friend is. Oh, no
1: indeed she, <laughs> she is a, a demon for that uh, so that's number 10 number 9 is ZZ Top's greatest hits number 8 is a new entry Shakespeare's sister Hormonally Yours
0: oh it's the second round. yeah I'm getting I never heard I never heard this whole album
1: actually no. I don't think well I, I didn't even have the first one but I know you had the first one and, and liked that still got it you
0: can see it there, yeah. um, there
1: in the S's but yeah so this this, got, this is number 8 the, a new entry at number 8 so it's still doing pretty well I guess but the, that that Single that uh, stay single, stay with me, was it? Yeah, um, that was a fucking phenomenon, and they didn't have anything like that again I mean, since. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm amazed, I'm amazed that uh, that didn't put the album to number one because we're not talking about this album, no. are
1: we? No, we're not at all.
0: I'm, surpri- I'm surprised that that wasn't big enough to send the album, indeed, one, but uh. Maybe if they'd have released it earlier, it would have. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not sure what the deal was. It probably got to number two. must have mentioned it at some point. But yeah, we don't have to do that one. Um, Number seven, Annie Lennox Diva, which we have covered. Number six is Squeeze Greatest Hits. Uh, Number five, Mm -hmm. Carter, 1992, Love Album. Number four, Right Said Fred's Up. Number three, Simply Red Stars. And number two is another new entry, and it's The Black Crows with Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. Yeah, which was uh, a big oh, big deal. I remember that being a, a very well-received album at the time. I never had it, but yeah, people liked it.
0: I mean, fucking what's, what is wrong with whoever was the scheduler for that fucking album? Without this week. I mean, you've got... I mean, yeah. fucking... I mean, obviously people were doing a lot of cocaine in the 90s in the music industry, but fuck me. What kind of dickhead would you be if you had a major fucking... rock and blues album and you put it out the same week as Iron Maiden
1: yeah indeed and knowing that the only way you're going to get a number one is week one it's not going to hang around and go up next week yeah but like last week whenever Carter was out, at least you got a shot exactly exactly um but yeah uh
0: I I don't know that album well I do like the Black Crows from a distance um but I've never really my friend Darren who's been a guest on the podcast was a big Black Crows Mm -hmm. fan he was always the so I heard a lot of that stuff around his house. Um, but again, you know, you know, when you listen to somebody else's record, it's not the same as no, when record's on your own.
1: It, it, I, I didn't have anyone playing it to me at all. I kind of, I knew of their hard-to-handle single. I had that and really enjoyed that. Yep. But that was kind of the extent of my dalliance with the Black Crows. Yeah. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Okay, so what else is there? Not out? too much this week, I must admit. Uh, Slaughter released Wildlife, which got to number 64 this week. And... I have never heard that in my life and probably never will.
0: Well, Chris, uh, our, our friend Chris Green, who does the uh, uh, the, the music for our weekly yeah. quiz, is, uh, is is friends with Mark Slaughter, good pal of Mark Slaughter's. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. And
1: uh, I've heard him tell good stories, and I'm sure he's a fan of the music. Just never never even dabbled with that one. Uh, and then the other one is on Vogue Funky Divas. What a record that is. This week. It only got to number 59 at this point. It was kind of re pushed. In 1993, and it got to number four at that point. But this was first release, and it didn't make such as so much of a big attempt.
0: I mean, On Vogue had two fucking enormous MTV singles, didn't they? Yes. You know that "Free Your Mind" and um,
1: "My Loving" they were going to get yeah,
0: exactly a, enormous MTV rotations. Yeah,
1: indeed. And you know, uh, we had "My Loving" on the singles chart last week. I think it was. Uh, so that's obviously that was that must have been the first one, and then album release UK. I can only imagine that free your mind is the one that comes out at the start of 93 and that's why then the album gets to number four in the charts because it it wasn't at this point anyway but yeah i again i never had the album you said that you had it and loved it
0: even though i was mainly listening to alternative music by that mm-hmm. point, I still just kind of recognise that as just fucking great shit. Oh, totally, and it's the sort of thing
1: because you have a huge pop sensibility. You're still, you know, probably listening to Madonna. If she's putting an album out at this point. You're still listening to Prince at this point. All that sort of stuff. And On Vogue would fit very nicely in the middle of those two things. Absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. But those are the only ones that I have for this week, to be honest, album wise. That's a bit of a slow one.
0: Fair dues, man. Fair dues. Um All right. Well, I guess we'll crack back into uh,
1: Fear knows. of the Dark. Right. Okay, so we're going in on track number five, which is called Childhood's End. So based on the, uh, the novel of the same name. Oh, is it? I don't know that, uh, that book.
0: But that's very epic sounding again. It's kind of almost intro music to a gig. Yes,
1: or a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. and I, I, I liked it until this bit see i like this bit yeah i,
0: I like I, I like yeah i like that kind of discanting kind of raising uh, yeah. with the, with a kind of the drumming behind it i like right, that
1: okay. yeah, I, I don't like i don't like the, the guitar sound on that and the drums sound like it's just hitting cardboard boxes to me doesn't sound like good toms.
0: Well, I mean, everything's been tuned, fucking, to be as clicky as can be, can't it? With a basis that as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I, it sounds a bit wet. Well, I, th- I think this vocal here sounds
1: incredibly phoned in. Oh, I think this is terrible. This vocal. I think it's shockingly bad, but it sounds like every other Bruce Springsteen vocal to me.
0: I don't think this is a terrible song, um, but I don't think it's much of a song either. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, it's kind of, the, you know, the songwriting seems to have taken us backseat. There's more wanking than song in this.
1: Right, um, sure. Yeah, it does go off on it a, a couple of times. It, it, it
0: has its moments. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any song on here that doesn't have at least a moment here or there, just in something in a riff right, or a sure. moment or something along those lines. But this, to me, feels like it could have been a lot more and they threw away some really fun
1: elements and well it,
0: just, it, I don't know, it feels kind of incomplete to be honest right
1: with. Uh, well I mean it does nothing for me but I just kind of assumed that, that was me uh, if this I, I can't really tell the difference between this and some of the songs that you said you've liked on this album I, I don't really get why those what the difference is for you because to me it sounds like an Iron Maiden song that I don't like
0: let's take let's take the second song yep. you know it's, it's all in whether whether you enjoy that chorus right okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know to a, to a, to a large part like, you know that's you know hell's from Here to Eternity I think the da 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 terrible I think that's a fucking great fucking damn it's like you know anthemic it's like a, almost like a superhero, <laughs> thing, <right? You> know? <laughs> it is it's like fucking you know put different instrumentation on that and it's fucking john williams you right.
1: know yeah yeah you know
0: i'm not trying to make you no like no no but you're describing the difference yeah but you can you know you can understand the love of a course oh god gotcha. yeah uh but look this for me just doesn't Bit have more any of that stuff it's got bits of riffs but I just think they—it's just you know the the bits that are good are squandered. Fine.
1: Yep. I'm. I will happily agree with that because I think there's nothing really to this one. I think that there's it. it, It's complete filler for me. Fair enough. Uh, Track number six, then, yeah. Track number six is called "Wasting Love," which uh, is a a
0: reworking of "Every Sperm Is Sacred."
1: (laughs) 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 So it sounds like a bad case of VD. And this was a single in Spain, don't you know? Well, it has kind of
0: got an almost kind of flamenco guitar to it, has not it? <laughs> you can see, you can does, see yeah. why those oh, like, sure. crazy
1: Spaniards are like this. I love it, mate. Fucking love it. And it's almost like uh, some of the slower Metallica songs, the the power Yeah, exactly. That yeah. is
0: very much in it. It's a so close, no matter how. Yeah, far. exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or or Brian Adams' Run to You. So it's got
0: I, that clean strings. He's doing his little blue, kind mm-hmm. of bluesy vocal,
1: which I, is not that convincing to me. It's a bit more kind of strained, a bit more nasally strained. I thought reedy, I, I would say. Okay, I'll tell you who it reminded me of vocally, and you'll, you won't like me for saying it, but it, it reminded me of Lane Staley. It's a bit more ah. kind of whenever he starts singing, it sounded like that of a feel of a song to me. Yeah,
0: I, I, I can. Now you said it, I didn't didn't pick on that. I can I can see it. I don't yeah. think it's done with anything like the ability of Lane no, Staley. No, no,
1: no, not at all.
0: And um, you know that's you no. Know, I mean, you know, Bruce Dickerson is a technically better singer than Lane Staley, but Lane Staley has you know a, a world of authenticity and character in his voice that it makes it. I put that in a different. It's a different category. A different category. I like it for different reasons. Yeah, so sure,
1: exactly, absolutely, absolutely. The whole song, whenever it goes into that, whenever he starts singing, reminds me of kind of Alice in Chains a little bit. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Now you said it. I, I, I do
1: hear that, and that's a really interesting point. It, it made me think. Yeah. Um, this is 1992, and grunge is happening all around you. Mm-hmm. Iron Maiden are, I'm imagining, throughout their entire career, impervious to whatever is going on in the rest of the rock world. Yeah. You know, they, they've never done uh Def Leppard and go, right, fucking out. I think I need to get some dreadlocks. Um, We need to do, yeah. you know, I need to maybe have a rap. They've never done that. Or have they? Did they ever dabble with other kind of influences? Did they do a grunge album or anything? No, I mean,
0: their records do, by and large, sound like Iron Maiden. I mean, right, sure. the, the, the two records they put out with Blaze Bailey are... You know, they, they have their enormous fans and their enormous detractors. You know, mm. everything with Iron Maiden is always polarising to, you know, there's a, right. a lot of people with very strident opinions that like Iron Maiden. And there's a very right answer and a wrong, Yeah, you know. But, no, I mean, it, it all basically sounds like Maiden. They never go uh, too
1: far off the, the the
0: plan. No, I mean, you know, and they are a band, obviously. I mean, it's, it's difficult to say whether they... Suffered because of grunge making them not cool, or because they kind of imploded a bit internally because they lost their frontman. Sure, and, you know there was a lot of things that that went on with Maiden, but it was definitely a stall in the road for ten years rather than
1: yeah. Well, than Dave, but well, it's also fifteen years after they started, so it, people who were fans at the start might not be you know do, following their every move. Anymore at this point, you're gonna drop fans yeah. on the way, you pick new ones up, but-,
0: but I think you know, the this you know, the the savior of them is obviously they had that that fallow period, as I say, and then Bruce came back, and that at that point, you know, a lot of their fans had kids that they wanted to take, Well, yeah, because that's the thing about Maiden, they're a family <coughs> band, people fucking love taking their kids to see Iron
1: Maiden, yeah, because you know, it- because it's a pantomime. Pandemon-
0: yeah, because it's paramount. And kids, you know, you know, our friend Alana, her little boy absolutely loves Maiden. Okay? I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So back back to this song, right? Obviously, yes. we've got our kind of clean strings. This song's about the emptiness of promiscuity. So again, mm-hmm. in with all of the great uh, Bruce vocals, it's incredibly sanctimonious. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, another massive sing along chorus in this one. Another big chorus for out
1: in the field.
0: This is. I mean, it's not a single, but it is a really solid album track. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I think this is totally fine as well. The, um, it's, the guitar solo in this is because it's not just, you know, look how fast I can play my guitar. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's more melodic. There's nice harmonics going on, um, and then it goes into a bit more of a kind of a harder solo. It's okay. This is this is all right. This is fine, uh, and I prefer the sound of this. Two tracks two or three, which I would say are the more typical Iron Maiden sound. Again, I, I would prefer to hear more of this sort of style. Okay,
0: um, right, so that's a... Okay, that's a, a, th- a thumbs up from me and a lukewarm thumbs up lukewarm. from you.
1: Exactly. Lyrically, like, like you say, though, it's about uh, how, yeah. how, you know, one night stands are shallow and they, they don't... They're not as fulfilling as, uh, you know, sex when you're in love, this sort of thing. And fair enough, you know, right about that. It's definitely... Not what I would expect a rock and roll band to be writing a song about. Not, you know, usually you have bands going, oh yeah, and then I've got a different woman every night and it's fucking brilliant. This is the other side of that, for whatever reason. But I would have thought that Iron Maiden would kind of remember the days before they had any fame or money. And I bet they couldn't get laid for shit. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I bet you that there's no way that they were fucking knee-deep in flange before they had an album out. So for them to be going, oh, yeah, uh, just remember, guys, one night stands, who wants that? But why would you pretend that you get to be choosy when you're in Iron Maiden?
0: I think you get to be very choosy when you're in Iron Maiden. Okay,
1: when you're in Iron Maiden in 1992, yes. When you're in Iron Maiden in 1977, then... No. I don't
0: know. I mean I think I, I I suspect I suspect Bruce has always managed to uh to to attract ladies because yeah. you know people, you know, love a bit of fencing. <laughs> fence Fencing all the ladies love fensome. Yeah, indeed. And yeah. by all the ladies I mean my wife. Yes.
1: Yes, and no one else. Yeah. Um I, I, maybe as well. I thought perhaps they're doing this as a service to their fans. Um, because their fans aren't getting laid. I've been to Iron Maiden gigs. Their, their fucking festival fans aren't getting any sex. Perhaps this is saying to them, guys, the reason you don't want sex is because it's not as good when in you're in, not in a relationship and you don't have a girlfriend. So not having sex is the best for you. Well done. So maybe it's just a little bit of a crutch for their fans. That's why I reckon.
0: You're going to get so much hate mail for this. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden fans. Yeah. I'm at Dave fence <laughs> and I've said none of these things.
1: And I'm not on Twitter, so you know, do your best. Yeah, but I
0: can give you his home address. <laughs> <laughs> Email me at me. I'll, I fucking let you know. Uh, right, all right. Okay. So let, let's let's get into track number seven. This one's called "The Fugitive."
1: Yes, it is. All right.
0: That sounds like a surprise. But you're dead. By faith,
1: no more. Oh, it does. Fucking hell. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh. And a song inspired by the TV series or the film *The Fugitive*, about being on the run.
0: And let's let's be incredibly clear about this, right? Let's. Uh No matter how much I like Iron Maiden, right? And I do like Iron Maiden, and I am prepared to forgive them a lot, right? But a song about a TV show (laughs) is a fucking bridge too far, right? Uh Right? If you're not like a fucking self-aware rapper doing something with three different levels of metatextuality. A straight up, what's this song going to be about? I'm going to paraphrase a fucking TV show. Yeah. What's What's next? This is my song about the 18. This is my melodic synopsis of this morning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, yeah. guys.
0: You can't fucking do this. This yeah, is peak, that, peak
1: nonsense.
0: I, th- I think this is ridiculous. I think this is a fucking way too far. And it's not helped by the fact that musically I'm not a fan. Nah,
1: shit, mate. It's, this is shit from start it's, to finish.
0: Yeah, it's clanky. It lacks in any kind of decent hook. Two crups so all those. Yeah, I mean, there's like a kind of a dark kind of, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know how to describe it, kind of like a running section in middle, and then but then a guitar comes in and spoils it. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, there is fucking quite a brilliantly ludicrous breakdown that I, <laughs> I liked for a couple of minutes, right? But that's really all that uh, this song's got for me, and I... I
1: mate, the, the
0: Fugitive, I mean, I like the fucking film. But,
1: yeah. but why the, are you this the what's, what's next?
0: The Invaders. You're going to do yeah. The Invaders? You're going to... Uh, 24 with Jack Bauer.
1: <laughs> that's a long song. Yeah, uh, you
0: know, just, a, just a whole album, yeah. done in real time.
1: Yeah, now this is... To me, it's a stupid premise, like you say... Uh, it doesn't lend itself to a song it is like you say just them going and this is what happened and then oh, uh, and imagine I had to run away and I hope that I get to prove that I'm innocent fuck why are you doing this to me shit chorus two bad guitar solos don't like either of them Widdly nonsense throughout don't like this one bit
0: no I'm not a fan of that one that's a uh, fine that's, fir- that's firmly in the no column for me fine uh, next one then yeah last one of this section uh, will be Chains of Misery, which is presumably a companion piece to the Eurasia song Chains of Love.
1: It's the shortest one so far. It's only three and a half minutes long. Yeah. And this is more straightforward at the minute. It's just like a proper yep. just bam, bam, four, four rock song. There's a
0: in the corner of your
1: and apparently this is about... You know that that kind of that devil that sits on your shoulder and makes you yeah. make those bad decisions, holds you back, holds you from living a good life, makes you sad. Yeah. With the chains of memory. That's a terrible chorus. Oh man.
0: This song feels. Like it should be better. It? Yeah, it's got it's got some of the elements. It's got that kind of that kind of crowd shout It's got that change of misery, uh-huh. which is like quite. But it's not got enough around it. It's not got enough support in it. Uh-huh. There's just not enough to this song. Again, it feels no, half-assed. It. It's not though. Like you know, I, I I I kind of do. You know, I do like that. Couple of lines of the chorus i enjoy that bit i enjoy how that yeah. plays in my head but there should be more of a song around it
1: okay um maybe so maybe the fact that it's only three and a half minutes means that they didn't have they weren't they're not able to pack whatever else they usually do around it they've just cut it short yeah but- I, don't, I don't
0: i don't mean that i don't mean like fucking throw everything it. i mean like mm. you've got this this kind of hook here and okay, right. what do we build around this song? So, so it's it's a journey, and I just feel like the you know the the rest of the building blocks are a little bit I don't know asinine. Basic. They're a little yeah. bit yeah, basic, you know. Yeah, it's like, no, it's I, like your I, first I, Minecraft house.
1: I'll take your word for that. I right. never, I've like,
0: no, never, I don't, no idea. I'm throwing that out there for the kids and dads of kids. <laughs> like, indeed, all those
1: kids it. are listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you never know, man. It worked for Maiden. You know what I mean? I, I, I think if you are. It, a liberal father uh, you're raising a child and you don't mind them hearing the word cunt used far too often I think mm. this podcast is a perfect choice
1: it's a good start yeah definitely I
0: do wonder how many kids have heard the word cunt for the first time by someone playing this podcast in their car by mistake
1: by mistake I was going to say by mistake at the end yeah just just immediately before they ri- like run across and turn it off yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah ah well sorry guys
0: okay so f- for me second section of that album middle section
1: Mm.
0: it feels like they've buried a lot of not so great songs yeah in the middle of there you know i mean i think you know i think i think wasting love is really the only solid solid song amongst those
1: four in that section yeah yeah it's definitely my favorite of them but i still think it's not very good
0: well um, let's so. take a quick break so we can do a little palette cleanser
1: yes. and dig into the
0: uh the singles chart for this period
1: let's do the top 10 for this week uh at number 10 is cc peniston with keep on walking which I have no idea what that is. I'm not even going to bother trying to play that. Um, no. Number nine is Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson with Beauty and the Beast. Peebo which... Bryson? Yeah. Peebo Bryson? Yeah. Did, uh, what was the. He did one of the other Disney ones, didn't he? Was it um, from American Tale? Did he do somewhere out there? Was that Peebo Bryson?
0: I don't know, but that's not a Disney film. That's a uh, that's uh, a Don Bluth Studios film.
1: Oh well, then that, yeah, well, okay, that one anyway. I think he, he, he was involved with some other animated uh, theme tune. I'm sure. Uh, Fair enough. Because i well, I am assuming that this is from Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I don't know why. They oh, you'd imagine otherwise. so. Yeah, yeah. And, unless
0: it's from that. Remember that TV show Beauty and the Beast with, oh, uh, shit, yeah. with Linda Hamilton in
1: it. Yes. Oh, God. Terrible. (laughs) Fucking. Oh, no. Oh, dear, dear. Bestiality show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you're going to be the best, be the best. uh, Number eight is Two Unlimited Workaholic. Number seven. eh, Fuck it. I think. Right. See see if you do. you, You might get this. We've just mentioned them, to be honest, but. Do you remember this single at all?
0: This? No, I don't remember this song actually. But it's, right. it's Shakespeare's sister, and I, I
1: yeah. immediately like it. All oh, right. Yeah, it's called "I Don't Care."
2: The rooms in my
1: head. How um, does the chorus go? Oh, let's let's get to that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I do the remember bell. that Fade Yeah, indeed uh, Well, that's number seven And yeah, it's one of those ones that I would never have got if you read me the title Who did? I don't care Not a fucking clue, mate Yeah uh, Number six is Curiosity Hang On In There Baby Which we talked about already mm-hmm. Number five, right, you'll get this I remember fucking loving this at the time And it's stupid and it's ridiculous But I, I had a great time with it here go. Right? <laughs>
0: Nice ugly kid Joe Everything, yeah. everything about you yes, it yeah, is. I fucking love this man I, I, I had this uh, EP
1: Did you? I bought the seven of this Yeah
0: I had the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> E B Which was called I think
1: As Ugly As They Want To Be
0: Wasn't that the album? Uh, no That was America's Most Wanted Wasn't it? Oh. oh no America's Least Wanted
1: Least Wanted Oh right Okay I see Because right, well, yeah, yeah, they released it, Like a
0: six track EP And
1: I, that, I, had, right. I had I had that Yeah Oh fuck it out! I did love that um, Was it it was on Wayne's World, wasn't it? Uh, or Wayne's World 2, maybe? Yeah, maybe. It, it was definitely,
0: it yeah. It
1: was, I, think it, I think it was Wayne's World. It, it, had, it was definitely, was it in Airheads? It was, it was in something that was in big rotation. It might, I mean, uh, it might have been in Airheads as well, but it was definitely in a film that I saw a couple of times at the cinema and really fucking loved. And I know right. I did that with um, Wayne's World. So I think it might have been on, or maybe Wayne's World 2. But no, that was later. No, it would sure. have been later. I, I, yeah, yeah, maybe. I think, I, it, I think it
0: rings a bell, but I just, I, I kind of feel like I would remember. I should remember that more, but
1: sure. I'm fucking 44, and my
0: brain's turned into fucking slush. So I'm there not you go.
1: Quite, yeah. Um, now I loved that too. No, I loved it. Yeah, I,
0: I love that as well, man. I mean, interesting fact: Whitfield Crane, uh, singer from uh, Ugly Kid Joe, went on to be the singer for Life of Agony. Yes, he did for a little while after uh, Keith Caputo. Uh, who is now obviously Mina Caputo? Yeah, uh, left the band briefly in the uh, you know the kind of the back end of the nineties. Indeed, uh, I've never, I never heard. It's such a strange choice, wasn't it?
1: Well, is I mean, I we can only guess that they were good mates, and maybe Ugly Kid Joe is not the best basis to form an opinion on Whitfield Crane. I don't know, but you would never have gone. I know who who should replace him. This bloke, the guy who did everything about you, you would never have done yeah, it. It's like, it's like, oh,
0: yeah, a Biohazard of have, uh, have kicked out their singer. Oh, who have they replaced him with? Joe Elliott. Do you know <laughs> yes. what I mean?
1: It's... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's just such a bizarre thing. And whenever it was uh, announced, didn't all the Life of Agony fans go, what? I'm having none of this.
0: Yeah, I think so, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. not quite as much as... Uh, the, the real fucking meathead fucking hockey jersey tough guy Life of Agony fans with tattoos revolted when, uh, when uh, Keith you know kind of announced oh, he was transition. transitioning yeah, into, into,
1: into Mina yeah. uh, that was a fucking
0: <laughs> glorious moment seeing those guys <laughs> fucking
1: freak out um, I, as well I hope that loads of them had Life of Agony tattoos that yeah they, yeah no they, they did absolutely yeah. fucking did and that's them I, branded for life
0: I fucking love Life of Agony just for the record Uh, Mm. I think they I think they put out the I think they put out two of the most underrated uh, rock and metal albums of the entire 90s
1: well there we are there we go All right, well that's uh, number five Ugly Kid Joe number four is then on Vogue's My Loving number three SL2 on A Ragged Tip number two is a new entry Uh, I'm not going to play it because it's it's Knocking on Heaven's Door by Guns N' Roses which we've talked Mm. about at length Yep. And number one is KWS, Please Don't Go. Nice. So, yeah, there's your top take. A few new entries. Eh, nothing nothing particularly invigorating. Um, other bits that are going on. Uh, this one got to number 11. And while I can't imagine you're going to get the name of the song, you might get the band. Ooh. Well, there's some fiddles going on, if that helps. Who is it? It's coffee. We've played in, in indie clubs lots at the time.
0: Yeah. I fucking... Oh, what is this? I know what this is. Um, Local Boys. What's a Brighton? Yep. I fucking actually know this song. Uh, it's called 15 Years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's The Levelers. It is The Levelers. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Levelers, Why 15 Why did you get years. that from the fiddle? Uh, the, precisely, that's so where I thought you were going to go. Oh, it's got a violin in it. It's The Levelers.
0: I, my brain went down a kind of a more gothy route with it.
1: All right, well, yeah, got to number 11 anyway, that one, uh, which is nice and high for a Levelers EP. Uh, number 15, and this is fucking ridiculously high. I'm not going to play it because you won't get it, but Kingmakers, Eat Yourself Whole. Uh, oh, got to you go. fifteen in this week. Uh, only got to number forty-six this one. At this point, it, again, this was re-released later and got higher. But uh, you'll get this straight away. Tennessee. 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 Well, because they're saying the name of the song. So no, yeah, but. there you go. It's uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tennessee. This only, like I say, only got to number forty-six at this point. But I, I think. I think what it was with. I never really fucked with the rest of the development, did you? Uh, I thought this song was all right, but I thought that People Every Day was shit. I like Mr. Wendell. I, I didn't like that either. No, no, uh, no I, in no, general, I, I don't I, like no, that. hook
0: on Mr. Wendell. But yeah, it just—I don't know, man. It just always seemed a little bit toy to me. It was just
1: wishy-washy it was, it was yeah. a, a watered down version of hip hop I know it was a bit more they are trying to be hippie and they are trying to be positive and that sort of stuff but De La Soul did that and they don't sound like twats they, they this yeah. sounded like a bunch of crusty Jugglers at Burning Man doing bad hip hop you're a crusty Juggler I certainly am uh, but no never never got on with it never got on uh, and the only other one I'm going to play because you you probably will you'll definitely know the song let's see if you remember this only got to number 49 but it was a big impact one for them. It's ringing bells? Blur. No, no, but you're in the right area. This was their first single.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Fuck off. <laughs> you know I found a suede? Fucking play sway at me. I, I thought you might be alright with a bit of sway, I not not sure. Uh, I fucking hate it. Brett Anderson's voice just fucking like nails down a chalkboard
1: to me. Oh, like Bruce Dickinson? Well, don't all, worry, right. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's the joiners. That was number forty-nine this week. Uh, like I say, not a very high chart placing, but this was at the time that they were on the front of the enemy as the best new band in Britain stuff, and they were getting so much press. And this was kind of their their calling card, really. I oh, I, I fucking really fucking like right? this. I, I I bought this single when it came out. Really enjoyed it. I think it's a terrific wee song. No, <laughs> and. Let, uh, we're not going to have to do the first suede album, but we might have to do the second one. I'm pretty sure there's at least one suede album in mid '90s. It might be Dogman Star, or it yeah, might, I think it I, might I, be I one see, after. I'm not I, sure. I've
0: got a feeling Dogman Star was a number one, but we'll have to. I don't, we'll have a look.
1: Yeah, exactly. But we have got one of those coming up. But no, you're safe for now, mate. You don't have to do this one.
0: The, the weird thing is when Animal Nitrate comes on the radio now,
1: mm-hmm. it's it,
0: you know it's in that thing we've talked. I've talked about so many times. You know the songs that you hated. When you were younger, you still know better than the songs you like now.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's one of them.
0: And it falls into that category of songs that I will find myself singing along to because, you know, there's a reminiscence of of that time. You know, oh, and an affection for the time that it conjures. You know, it's a sense memory attached to
1: it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, cool. But okay, there, you, there's your. Uh, I mean, there's one other one which uh, only got to number fifty. What is it? Fifty nine. Fatima Mansions released "Evil Man," which isn't on Spotify, and no one will know except for me and about three other people. But it's a great song. Fatima Mansions. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all I got.
0: We're into the uh, the final furlong of, uh, Mm. which almost sounds like one of their album titles. (laughs) Yeah. Of uh, "Fear of the Dark" by Iron Maiden. So, track number nine is called "The Apparition."
1: Of course it fucking is, because there's an Iron Maiden title for you. Uh, This is a song about a ghost that's giving life advice to someone before it kind of passes into the great beyond. Of course, again, of course course it fucking is, because it's Iron Maiden. Right, stop this straight
0: away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, this is, to me... The only absolute stinker on this <laughs> <record>. <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> this is terrible man this <laughs> look, this feels like a, a demo, right? This feels like a, a vocal demo where someone has written something with a slightly unusual time signature kink in it, uh-huh. and he's counting and trying to find where the words go, yeah, but not caring. If that sounds good, this is like the opposite of what <laughs> Maynard does in tool where he'll translate a time signature. Okay, this sure. is you know, obviously, there's some fucking stuff going on here, right? But it feels like a vocal demo. It's, I mean, it, it, it's the vocal placement is so terrible in this, yeah. The cadence of it is so off. I mean, it the vocal itself vote lyrically and performance wise feels half finished
1: right sure uh
0: like this like i mean obviously a lot of criticism that is leveled at this album is that bruce dickinson's heart wasn't in it by the time oh okay it, it, it was made it was and this is absolutely month. exhibit a in that because this is not a song that should have ever made it onto anyone's album
1: no, it's just you know you got amazing. you got you got
0: an hour of music right you got an hour of music you do not need this fucking song man it, if, the weird thing is it, it feels utterly constrained by it's own fucking time signature mm. machinations and rather than these big kind of epic fucking open feeling songs that you often get from Maiden this thing just feels claustrophobic and like a, like a dog shit Kiss song
1: I'll give you that, I, I don't know enough about Kiss either to be able to draw that comparison but I think this is beyond awful uh, and, you know, and I think,
0: and I think, I think Maiden, particularly in the later albums, do do prog pretty well at times. You know, yeah. Um, but this, fuck me, no, it's awful, awful. No. I hate that really bad song. This one, I would say,
1: yeah, it's stupid, stupid fucking thing to write a song about for a start, and badly put together. I- I've got a note that just it sounds like someone getting Guitar Hero wrong, and uh, mm. and then he's like been he's doing karaoke to a song that he's never heard before and doesn't know what he's doing
0: yes yeah, like all these little vocal asides that he does on the fucking on the, the back beats on the bar right mm. do, do, like, do, 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 do. don't you yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like oh god it's no quiet. it's embarrassing yeah. you're making me feel bad about myself and you and I like yeah. you
1: right yeah, yeah. anyway all right, so right let's
0: move on from that
1: right number 10 then is judas be my guide <laughs> Back in with a proper Iron Maiden riff again.
0: Here we are. We're back in a fun territory, aren't we?
1: Uh-huh. The shortest song on the album as well, only like three minutes, eight seconds. Bam. Off again. Here we are. We're ripping
0: in now. That guitar's going for a walk.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> going for a jog.
0: I'm shutting my eyes and enjoying that.
1: There weren't very, very iron maiden vocals going on. Uh-huh. I like I like that little bit, that little climb. Ridiculous, isn't it? I Over the See, top. That's
0: exactly what you want. You want to fucking make the metal claw to it with your <laughs> hand in, you wanna close your eyes, you wanna pull it down slowly towards you. Just fucking up. that's what this is for, man. Again, great album track. Man. Great album track, exactly what I want from this record.
1: Right. Uh, I mean I have said that this is, you know, again, very, very typical Iron Maiden. And I've said that it's obviously terrible. And it's obviously terrible, but for some reason. I don't mind it as much as a lot of the other ones on it. I don't know okay. what it is about it. I think it's still just fucking ridiculous, and I don't like the elements, but something about it is better than the rest. Okay,
0: right. I mean, I, I yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got nothing to add to that that I, I haven't already...
1: If, nah. if
0: these pieces don't make sense to you yet, they're probably not going to.
1: No, no, right? I, we're definitely at the point where... Uh, well, a also at this point in the album, I'm going Jesus Christ, more fucking Iron Maiden because I've not been won over, as you can tell. Oh, of course, man. I, but, yeah. you know, I feel like you've given it. I, you know, I feel I'll like give you've given it shot. as fair a shot as you, as fair a shot as
0: you are able to. As I'm well, able to, because I'm.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm bringing an awful lot of bias into this because I, it's not just that I didn't like Iron Maiden; I thought they were shit. You know it's not mm-hmm. that I was ambivalent. I thought they were actively bad, and they were the sort of metal band that stopped me getting into metal at th- that time because the stuff I knew was like, oh, that's what metal is, fuck that nonsense and it took me a long time to get over that so I, that's what I'm coming into this with
0: uh, yeah I, I, of course, man, and you know I think you uh you know you uh, it's weird it's a, it's it's an inconsistency because I think you embrace the metal paradigm in in other things. In a way that you don't seem to be able to with maiden
1: no no there's a sticking point
0: yeah fair enough man fair enough i was hoping that maybe this would be the thing that would would break it but i didn't think it would be i i was fairly sure you this would be your reaction but anyway right so let's go okay next track which is track 11 this one's called weekend warrior and this one's about football hooliganism
1: yes Yes, it is. <laughs> Isn't he a big football fan, Bruce Dickinson? Uh
0: I don't know if he is. Uh, Steve Steve Harris is an enormous uh, West Ham fan.
1: Oh, uh, I just assumed it was Bruce Dickinson. I knew there was a West Ham connection.
0: No, no, make no yeah. mistake. Bruce uh, Iron Maiden is very much Steve Harris's band.
1: Oh, I say, yeah. So yeah, this is about people who are totally normal in the week, but get into fights at the weekend, watching the footy for a bit of a laugh. A bit rubbish, though, isn't it? This is awful. This again, yeah. just dreadful. And lyrically, it starts off the very first lines: "The rebel of yesterday, tomorrow's fool. Who are you kidding? Being that cool?"
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a bad bad lyric, right? I mean it's, it's not Joe Elliott bad, but it's not far off.
1: No, okay, they, that's very true. You know, in in the on the scale of you know one to ten, Joe Elliott being ten, it's still an
0: eight. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nah, nothing but, in this for yeah, me. It,
0: again, doesn't do much. The chorus is, I would say, being as fair to it as I can, uncompelling.
1: Okay, that is very nice thing to say without actually being nice about it.
0: Yeah, and there just <laughs> aren't enough ideas to sustain nearly six minutes worth of song.
1: Now, this, to me, I, I think this sounds like it's someone play. It's a drunk pub band who aren't very good playing what they think an Iron Maiden song sounds like. Or not even an Iron Maiden song, but a rock song. Yeah.
0: This song is almost, you know, it's kind of... You know, I don't, I don't fucking hate it. You know, there, there was only one song on here that i actively dislike which is um the apparition
1: right sure.
0: uh, anything else i wouldn't skip i'd be perfectly happy to have have it on in the background
1: okay right
0: but you know in it but when you you know when i actually break it down knowing what iron maiden are capable of and what they've put out a song that's this half-assed is fucking a bit a, of a crime Really. a disappointment yeah a big disappointment to me right fine however fine. uh-huh None of it matters,
1: because track 12 is Fear of the Dark. Track, yes, the title track, leaving it to track 12. Yep. And this, as I'm sure you know and love, is a big live favourite, isn't it?
0: This is, I would say, every time I see Maiden in my top one to three live songs. Yeah, oh, time.
1: yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Fucking... Yeah, I'm going to blow my fucking wad straight out of here. I fucking love this song.
1: Really? Yeah. All of
0: its fucking hammer horror. All of its fucking, like, kind of spooky-wooky. All of its fucking camp Halloween. Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. You know I love that shit. I've got a fucking tattoo of a fucking scarecrow on my back. You know <laughs> what I mean?
1: True, okay, yeah. Right? It's
0: so much fun, this song
1: i oh, listened to that lyric
0: it's brilliant though isn't it it's, you know it's no it is it's it, you know it, what it is is it's it's the Vincent Price voiceover in Thriller that's yes, what it is yeah absolutely and you know and if you can accept it through that same frame of this is Hammer Horror this yeah. is kind of you know this is this is camp uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of you know, camp overhyped it's not, you know, it's not genuinely scary, it's not fucking you know, it's, it's not some avant-garde horror film, it's, it's the good campy shit that you would have enjoyed when you were 12 years old that you would have thought was scary when you were a kid uh-huh. you look back on it now and go, oh no, this is kind of just silly, but you yeah. still look back on it with affection
1: because of because of that and because it's done with a straight face hey, This is really poor face, isn't it? It, mm-hmm. It's such a strange, strange song to be doing so seriously Because, again, being called Fear of the Dark I assumed, oh, it's probably It's not just talking about being afraid of the dark It's probably got some, some text to it, whatever And maybe it does as well But essentially, it is a song about a man who's afraid of when it's dark Yeah Which is... That, that is such a stupid fucking
0: thing to write a song about but is it any more is it any more stupid than for example you know a song that i know you fucking love um it always feels like somebody's watching oh, rockwell rockwell thank you i had a fucking roachford in my
1: head and i couldn't get rid of it ah yeah. right okay is it any more yeah is it any more stupid subject matter than than that no you're absolutely right it is not uh and you know let's face it a, a lot of the other great acts have done songs about being afraid of the dark, such as Desiree, when she wrote, I'm afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park. And there's no one else around. I get the shivers. It's a it's a classic subject, apparently.
0: In the, the, the long history of songwriting, on the nose
1: rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Desiree absolutely <laughs> I, uh, fucking nails it. Takes a gold, gold medal. I don't want to see a ghost. That's the sight I fear the most. Rather have a piece of toast. Watch exactly. the evening what? news
0: and read the evening post why not,
1: <laughs> why not I know if you're going to go for it go all the way but no, you're right this is no more ridiculous than those things but it's still fucking ridiculous but that's oh, what Iron Maiden does but what it
0: fucking does have is it has that fucking riff mm-hmm. and I mean fuck me what a good riff that is it's, you know I, I what an amazing don't fucking shake your head
1: no don't like it
0: that fucking riff after no. three, oh my
1: god <laughs> How I wrote, can you not? I like have written riff? down in my notes the riff is five out of ten at best. That's what oh I my felt. god! I just don't know what to say. I mean, I, <laughs> the, I like it. I
0: tell you what, right, I tell you what. The fact we're recording this over Zoom has <laughs> probably saved twenty years of
1: friendship <laughs> because
0: did. I I think we'd have a fight. I think we'd have a physical fight over this. This song is fucking magnificent. I love this song. Dearly love this song. I, you know, this is one of my favourite Maiden songs and one of my favourite metal songs.
1: Uh, And you and you know, obviously the six billion Iron Maiden fans are are on that side of the fence. This is huge for them. Um, I, I genuinely, I'm not saying this to be controversial or anything like that. Don't get it on this one at all. Do not understand. Oh, really? Just
0: all I can think about, you know. You know, Darren talked about this whole f- feeling of, you know, kind of experiencing music mm-hmm. from a live perspective. But on the whole, that's not really the way that I perceive music. But with Maiden, it is always about that. It's I hear this song and I'm immediately on. I mean, immediately in a field, like there's you know, kind of heat coming off bodies. The sun mm-hmm. is going down. You know, I fucking you know got got a, a beer in each hand. The crowd is singing along to this, is singing along that,
1: that you know the kind of the the big sing
0: along part.
1: Well, this and is it. Don't they do? They sing wonderful. to the guitar bit, don't they on this one? Yeah, the, 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 it's not not just like singing along ooh. with the lyrics. They do the ooh, 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 ooh or whatever guitar bit. Yeah, yeah. That, which again, I can see that being fucking brilliant. If it was a song I liked, I would be all up for that. But I don't think. it's I, a good Mate, song.
0: this is this is one of those moments where like. I want to be at exactly the right stage of fucked up when this song comes on, Right. because I will lose my fucking mind to it. Gotcha. Well, I love this. I love this. I love this experience. I love everything about this. This is the best song on the album, by a chunk for me. Really? Uh, I is that because you've seen it live so much? That they it's It's just because I love the song. You know, no, okay. I, I love. I, I love the hook in the song. I love. I think that that riff is. That you've described as five out of ten I think it's absolutely unassailable I love it right I just think it's fucking perfect um
1: fine fine I, I did look I up on this one um I was looking up I usually try and have a, a, a see and if anyone has sampled any of the songs that we mm. are looking at if it's, if it's done a version or whatever and this is really the only song on this album that anyone has done anything with but a few different people have done it Lil Wayne uh, released a song called Best Rapper Alive, which actually has the live crowd singing bit as its main oh, hook. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to uh, listen to that. I, I, I've stuck it in, i put it on here, I've stuck it in the playlist as well, but this is, on, this is it. Yeah, yeah, Off the Carter know, 2. I've
0: got big, tough spot for little
1: Wayne, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you think he's. I can't argue he's definitely got talent. Yeah, there you go. That sounds great. So yeah, that's a nice use of that. Um, Again, I'll I'll put that in uh, this week's playlist for people who want to check it out as well. But then there are a couple other ones. Uh, There's. Someone called Mark with a K, uh, and I'm gonna guess that he's either Dutch or a push Italian because they've they've done a version of this Fear of the Dark, which sounds like it, you know, would fit in a happy hardcore club.
0: No, this 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 sounds like music from magicians so far. (laughs) I (laughs) am the one. Yeah, come yeah, on! Exactly. Copperfield is doing some of this <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed, there's a lot of uh, smoking lasers going on. Yeah, no, this it, is Is it going to be an electric
0: violin in a minute?
1: Oh god, no! That that would probably be a bit more hard work. It's, it's just terrible. Since.
2: Uh, if.
1: Cliff Barnes is listening to this podcast right now. I bet you he's got this on single.
0: I bet I, this sounds like something Cliff would enjoy. This is, yeah. this is not good for me.
1: No, there, there you are. Oh, what hang on. Park?
0: Here we go. <laughs> techno, 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 <laughs> techno. <laughs> Amazing. Oh!
2: skin is shivering. <laughs> oh. oh, there
0: you go. Mate, I, I was not ready for that. Fuck me. I was not ready for that. I'll listen to that again. <laughs> I, can I get a rewind? Hold tight, hold tight.
1: Unbelievable. I, I just noticed oh. it's, it's marked with a K featuring Warface. There you
0: are. Oh, Wicked, yeah, featuring
1: War- Warface. Warface. But yeah, if you look at cover versions for this song, there are actually fucking loads. People seem to have done... Lots of different people have done this one. And again, there's lots of kind of acoustic guitar versions, uh, sort of the softer side. There's a cello version, which has a bit of Mozart thrown in. And Fightstar did a version of this as well. So this seems yeah, to be the
0: Fight one Star. that... No, I'm fuck yeah,
1: remember them. But yeah, this seems to be the I, one that I, people I, pick I, up I, I,
0: on. Do you know what? I was fucking... I was so disgusted by the rock and metal community's like fucking acceptance of that man. <laughs> so you made your choice, man. Like, I'm like, I'm you know, fucking. I'm way past the argument of sellouts and not sellouts, but yeah. mate, you made your choice. You don't get to do that and come back and do this. You don't. Yeah, and it's shit.
1: This is the <laughs> other thing you're doing is you shit. Well, that that was never the going issue. back, and then you went fucking back. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm getting too... Ina- oh, my
1: God. Yeah, too invested with Busted.
0: Fuck that cunt, my man. Wow. And let's talk about the lyrics to uh, Year 3000. Right. Uh, I've been to the Year 3000. Nothing much has changed, but we live underwater. I get nothing much has changed. <laughs> what could be more fundamentally different than the entire, the entirety of civilization adapting to a subaquatic lifestyle?
1: That's a big change.
0: You're you, If you go and you see that and your observation is ah, not much has changed. Yeah, it's just the same old, same old. This woman's quite fit, though. You <laughs> deserve to be stabbed in the
1: street. <laughs> Maybe it was one of the, the first uh, songs about global warming and the, the effect of climate change.
0: Yeah, The only, only thing that I hope happens is that a river near his house overflows and he
1: drowns into his mansion. That man's got enough money. He doesn't have to worry about shit as well.
0: At this point, I feel like a hashtag. There's some some sort of caveat this with some kind of thing that says, Oh, obviously I don't actually hope he, he dies. I'm a comedian. It's a, it's a joke, but fuck it. I'm not going to lie. I do want (laughs) him dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Look, there you go. That is the, the album. Uh, When was the last time you listened to this album in full, but before this podcast,
0: um oh quite years ago you, yeah i mean it's gonna be 10 years since i listened to oh, it in okay. its entirety
1: fine and what did you think when you came back to it did you go this is as good as i remember or this is better or anything i think i
0: it starts off very strongly for me i think it's got you know i think they've, they front load it with solid you know good quality songs right and you know they bury the shits in the middle uh, and then finished strong basically right okay uh, for me, out of the fourteen songs, I would say uh, tw- twelve songs. So twelve songs, I-, I would say there are there are six songs on here that I I definitely enjoy, really like. Okay, yeah. There are there are another five songs that I think are fine, mm-hmm. but various levels of missed opportunity, and there is one song that I think is a fucking
1: actively kind of stinker. Bullshit. Right, yeah, fine. double shit fine okay but anyway thank so, you guys for joining us no, whoa 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 we got, we got to put song oh, no, on no, no
0: no no god fuck yeah no I, I forgot about the playlist
1: yeah okay oh man well oh, I'm going to leave it entirely up to you because I think they're all pretty terrible right so,
0: three songs it is then um, fuck you you
1: can't do three
0: you just said you're leaving <laughs> it completely up to me I, I'm leaving you said, you, <laughs> we've got it on tape you said it
1: I'm editing this I never said the thing <laughs> got my own recording bitch right um <laughs>
0: well okay oh fuck me Uh, Fear of the Dark
1: obviously no that's that's fine uh, that's fine I mean that wouldn't be my choice at all I would go with probably Fear is the Key track four was the only one I thought was alright but I have that's going that's that's going as well then okay but that's it I'm not doing any more than that because these are all dreadful I mean they're not
0: they're absolutely not but this is the the violently we have disagreed on an album Oh, definitely. Apart from, you know, well, I mean, no, but even, even the Elton John stuff, like you were of the opinion, oh, this isn't his best work.
1: Oh, a lot of it, yeah. But and you did like a, a couple of new, you were like, actually, this is a great song. There is yeah. not one song on here that I think is a good song. I think there there are varying levels of pretty bad for me.
0: Okay, well, yeah. well that is no, so I mean, no. that is. This is absolutely uh, the biggest gulf.
1: Yeah. The the only other one that's comparable really is the Guns N' Roses one where you, because you're such a major fucking fan. And I was right down in like there's probably but, a couple of bits, but I came but around to you, a few of them.
0: No, you were, I think, you know, I, I think if you listen back to that episode, you were you were more positive than you expected
1: to be. For an oh, awful no, I, I honestly was. But I think that just in terms of the gulf between us, I think that this is, that's the comparative one.
0: Yeah, yeah I think so I think so well I look forward to a, I mean apart from that there was the fact that I thought that Right Said Fred album was a lot better than you
1: did oh god you, yeah it's true that and there you go I don't think this album is as bad as the Right Said Fred album I will well, say that well I mean but that's yeah, a I, fucking low bar
0: I mean, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. It really absolutely is. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, thank you for joining us. As always, please get in contact with us. Let us know your opinions. Uh, we, you know, our numbers are going through the roof at the minute. Uh, I don't know what's happened. We're getting loads and loads of new listeners. Uh, really glad to hear from you. Uh, please get in contact via our social media, man. We, we love interacting with uh, people. We've got a, a close circle of people that we regularly interact to. A lot at the minute during lockdown... We are running a quiz every Friday on Facebook Live. We're learning as we're going with that. We've got some really funny stuff that happens and people seem to be having a good time. We're fucking around with a format. There's a likelihood that that we might be putting that out on YouTube at some point in Mm -hmm. the not too distant future. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a matter of time. A lot of people have got loads of time on their hands at the moment. I've actually got less time. Than I normally do because I'm doing a full time job at the Mm -hmm. moment. So I'm not having quite the amount of creative energy that I would like to.
1: And actually, on on that point, uh, just we should say thanks again to Cy Sharp for helping us out last week when uh, we couldn't do the quiz. You couldn't present the quiz yourself because you've got busy stuff going on. Cy Sharp helped us out and presented it, and it was wicked. So thanks again, man.
0: Yeah, it was great fun for Cy Sharp. I mean, obviously, uh, I was a little bit annoyed at you know, how good a job he did because, uh, it's, well, you know, because, it pretty, you know, you yeah, twirl. I mean, don't, don't, you know, come on, mate, fucking leave something back. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Leave me with is. something. Do you know he, what I mean? he,
1: don't, He's a bastard. I mean, haven't,
0: you, haven't you taken enough, Simon, is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> haven't indeed. you taken
0: enough with your but full yeah, head of hair?
1: We will be doing uh, another one this Friday. Well, it depends when you listen to this, but this Friday coming, there should be another one, eight o'clock on our Facebook page, Facebook Live.
0: But yeah, get in contact with us, guys. Um, Yeah, uh, at the minute, we have no Patreon or anything along those lines. That, again, may change at some point in the not-too-distant future. We have had quite a few people suggest that we do that, uh, which, you know, is genuinely surprising and humbling that anyone... That's a lovely, lovely
1: People are really kind.
0: We we haven't quite broke our, uh, our imposter syndrome about that yet, but we are having early discussions about whether we would feel like absolute fucking tramps or not. Despite yeah. the fact neither of us have any income at all at the moment.
1: No no Brilliant.
0: <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. We will yes. be back next week with fucking Michael Ball, is it? Michael Ball.
1: Oh a, fucking... a Michael Ball
0: album that isn't available on Spotify. So we're nope. going to have to seek it out. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, I have been Dave Fenton.
1: I've been Christopher Greer. Uh,
0: he has been Waffles the Dog. And uh, we will see you soon. Take care.
1: See you later. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.